Hey everyone, this is uh, Brandon from Uzato. Uh, today is uh, Daily Cyber number 248. There's a lot going on in the industry. I hope everyone is great uh, when it comes to the COVID and the pandemic and your, your family's safe and happy and just secure. There's just so much going on there. Uh, today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive a little bit in the news, let you know what I'm dealing or what I'm working on when it comes to cybersecurity and just really kind of get at, you know, the truth about cybersecurity and what's going on in the industry. I see there's more people coming out today. Uh, let me know where you're from. Message in the uh, the chat field. I uh, want to get some dialogue and conversation, see how you're doing and see what the areas of cybersecurity you're really looking at in the first quarter of 2021. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Okay, seems like I'm having a little bit of internet connections, uh, uh, internet prom. So let me know if you can hear me okay, if you can see me okay. Uh, just give me a thumbs up or just respond in the comment field where you're watching, if it's on YouTube or it's on Twitch. A uh, lot going on in the industry right now. Uh, you know, we've still got the solar winds that's gonna still continuing. I hear a lot of people talking about that. Uh, real push for cybersecurity awareness right now. Uh, when you're looking at training and, and helping your staff that's remote, uh, that's a big kind of question about just making sure, you know, how you understand the, the landscape right now when your employees, your staff, you know, or colleagues are all working from home. How do you really know what's the awareness? Now, I want to be very transparent here and clear. I'm not saying your, your employees and your people are, are a threat. But again, things happen, right? It's not, you know, they're, they're not intentional. They're not maliciously trying to compromise the system, but they might click on something, right? They might click on some banner ads or something along that line that introduce them, uh, uh, some sort of malware into their system or into their home network, which then if they have a VPN access, they have direct access into the environment and then they get compromised. So having that conversation right now with them, to make sure that they're secure, they're, 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 not, they're doing the right activities at home, they're aware of what's going on. So it's really important on that uh, when you come to cybersecurity awareness. 
having a lot of questions around uh, careers when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, people reaching out to me, get, asking for recommendations. Uh, what do you think? How how you know? How would I get into the industry? How do I break into? Or I'm in this industry and I want to pivot. All right, Brandon, do you know anyone, or do you able to contact uh, or get in contact with anyone? Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about careers and that, and I'm going to dive a little bit deeper. I'm going to be on Twitch later on uh, this evening on um, another channel, which is going to be interesting to uh, to connect with. Um, we're actually doing a live stream at, I think it's 6 o'clock tonight on Twitch. On it's, it's on another channel. You'll see actually the post if you follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. And I'm going to be talking about uh, security, security in depth, careers, things along that line, going a little bit deeper. Uh, this is more kind of my stream and my podcast. So uh, here I actually just kind of talk about what's going on in the industry. And from my uh, perception, um, when it comes to cybersecurity and uh, what I'm kind of working with on day to day and then just going through the news. Uh, so yeah, let me know if you can hear me okay. Give me a thumbs up. Uh, comment on uh, YouTube or uh, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, or if you're on Twitch. Uh, the, right now, these are the areas that these are stream. This uh, video streaming through right now. Uh, I see that I get comments uh, from other people offline, uh, from LinkedIn and all that. But yeah, if you want to come over to YouTube, you want to come over to uh, Twitch, yeah, comment there. I'm, I'm following both of the feeds there just to see you know, on the comments. So a little bit about what I'm working on uh, in this quarter of 2021. Uh, first and foremost, I'm doing a massive, massive marketing campaign right now just to help educate and support people as we go through the pandemic. Uh, that is uh, social media education, uh, providing you know just what's going on in the industry, posts, uh, doing the different streams now. I think I'm doing one a week now, two on Monday right now, uh, CISSP studying on Tuesday and Thursday, uh, Wednesday, another stream. Uh, so the only days, uh, then I have Friday, Saturday, off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Uh, so again, I'm going to have, uh, starting next week, I have another expert on this podcast uh, that we're going to be interviewing and then I'm going to start to bring on more. So if you know anyone that wants to come on the stream and talk about cybersecurity, uh, get some exposure and just help to educate the, the industry, let me know. Uh, send me a, a DM. Now, if you're not following me, uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, on, on Twitch. Uh, I'm trying to see here. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, if you can follow me on LinkedIn or, or Twitch, I'll uh, bring up the LinkedIn uh it's uh, at Brandon Krieger, pretty simple, on uh, Twitter. And then LinkedIn is linkedin.com uh, forward slash IN forward slash Brandon Krieger. But I'll bring it up a little bit later and so you guys can see that. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys are dealing with uh, when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, what do you work on? Thanks, Allah. Uh, how's things going with yourself uh, when it comes to cybersecurity? What are you working on uh, this Q1? Uh, for me, like I said, uh, podcast, uh, getting out there doing streaming. I was actually in, um, what was it, last week or actually the week before, just before Christmas. I actually have done two interviews in the, in the last like two, three weeks uh, for two different companies uh, on their streams, on their podcast, just providing kind of value to their audience about what's going on in the industry. Uh, and then uh, Ted Demopoulos had uh, a conference, a virtual conference that he set up. I was doing that as well. Uh, and then through the virtual conference, a uh, lot of great experts were there uh, being able to share information about what was going on in the industry. So pretty good on that side. Uh, 
Ted's an amazing guy, lots of value. Uh, he has the InfoSec Rockstar, if you ever want to check out that book. Uh, really good book to just uh, give you an introduction of how to be successful in the, the cybersecurity industry. So uh, check out his book. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I met him at a conference, the Atlantic Security Conference, a couple of years ago. I, I interviewed him uh, way back, and you can kind of see my interview back with him. Uh, it was really, really cool to to interview him and just to see his perception and his insight of his experience of what he was doing with the cybersecurity industry and the things that he was recommending and uh, advising his clients. So it was amazing to to uh, talk about that. And then, yeah, thanks, Ali. Uh, uh, thanks to Ted to let us get to know you. Uh, thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Ted's interview was was amazing. And then you see all the other experts that were on that uh, conference were, were amazing. I mean, some of the people, like I remember Georgia, I think her name was, uh, she's a well-known pen tester, Wi-Fi pen tester, just amazing in the industry. I followed her when I first got in the industry because I was looking to potentially go into that stream of pen testing uh, and, you know, getting all the books, trying to, you know, do the labs and do all that. She was a resource to be able to follow. Uh, so yeah, just amazing people there to, to connect with. I think, you know, one thing that we should all know is this industry is a massive, massive industry when it comes to knowledge and things to do and companies, but it's also small. It's also a small industry to be able to connect with, you know, a lot of great people and to be able to learn from a lot of great people as well. So make sure you, when you're, you're going out and I know, uh, Ali was just saying that he was uh, working towards the CISSP. When you're doing that, reach out to as many people as you can because, I mean, there's so many people out here that are helping other people grow. Uh, I know uh, Neil, uh, my, my colleague and buddy that I'm doing the stream tonight on his uh, Twitch channel, he is actually provides a lot of knowledge and education when it comes to careers as well as, you know, the technical information on his stream, on uh, I think it's on Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday night, uh, Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday night. I think his uh, stream is, and he provides a lot of great technical uh, information. I was on it a few times, and being able to learn from him, and it's uh, Twitch TV uh, forward slash uh, Cyber Insecurity, Cyber underscore Insecurity. So check that out. I'm going to be on that tonight as well. Uh, and it's Neil Bridges. He's an amazing resource, uh, lots of background and experience in the cybersecurity industry. And being able to collaborate and share with him a lot of knowledge is is very insightful. I mean, it's, it's something that I think all of us strive to do and strive to learn is to be able to collaborate with you know our colleagues and to be able to develop uh, in the cybersecurity field. I think some things that I'm looking at this year, uh, just to kind of give you a heads up on my side, one is... You know, and I work for an amazing company, Use Auto, and being able to be in a consultative role and provide advice and guidance to companies and organizations on their cybersecurity posture, and just to be able to listen, to listen upon what they're working on, what they're you know working through, the challenges, and be able to advise them is something that's you know it's a passion of mine. I mean, that's why I do this podcast is really kind of to learn from you guys and, and what you guys share with me, but also to be able to share what I'm learning through uh, studying, you know, tons of resources, uh, be it streams or 
different uh, RSS feeds, anything along that line. I'm constantly working on some sort of studying, uh, even just the soft skills. I just got off uh, uh, an hour and a half hour. I think it was an hour, an hour session with um, the Black Swan group, uh, Chris Voss and his team about negotiation and learning how to negotiate and uh, be better at, you know, tactical empathy and, and really connecting. I think one thing w- when it comes to cybersecurity, I want to put a little plug here. If you're trying to work in the cybersecurity field, understanding how to communicate the technical aspects of, of your role, as well as helping people to buy into different types of solution. Because when it comes to security, it's a top-down, bottom-up approach. Top-down means C-level, CEO, C-suite, you know, has to buy into the implementation of the project. And then it's the technical guys, the guys that are at the bottom up that do the deployment implementation. But they're the guys like are recommending like, you know, let's go. We need this type of a solution. If it's defense in depth, if it's a uh, endpoint protection, if it's um, a SIM firewall, uh, a- AI machine learning type of solution, they're the guys that are recommending it. Right, those are guys saying like we need this, and then it's the upper management and C level that has to strategize to see that if it's the right viable solution for the organization for the for the company. So that's that's why the top down has to buy into it. So being able to articulate in a business way and you know understand the business needs from the technical side, and then also from the business gives you a really good. Uh, almost like what they call a unicorn type mentality is that a lot of people have one or the other and if they play in both sides it's a, it's hard it's it's very challenging and to c- give you the the understanding why it's hard is because there's so much to learn there's so much to do i mean anyone on on this you know, that's listening to the stream right now you know chime in let me know if that's what you're finding if you've been in the industry for like two to five years or more let me know if you're finding it very easy to be in the industry and maintain, you know, all the information and knowledge of everything that's changing. My perception and what I'm seeing, it's it's a constant. You have to be a student of, of cybersecurity and you have to be a student of your area in cybersecurity. So if that's a pen tester, if that's uh, policies, governance, uh, if it's, you know, IoT development, blue team, red team, wherever you are, you're always learning. You're always that next thing, you know, and things that you think you know. Like today, they might change. The manufacturer might change something. They, you know, they might update some solution. And also now you have to learn everything. Now, don't get me wrong, the, the gap of learning is going to be smaller for you because you have that base knowledge, but you still have to keep learning. And then how it integrates and implements into your system. And then other, if you're a consultant, right, and how it implements to other types of systems. So you have to be an expert in these fields, right, and keep learning and keep going. I like to hear what you guys think. Like, do you guys think this is an ongoing challenge, uh, or is it? Are you like I said? Are you just one that gets in the field, you know what you know, and that's it, and you're good to go? You know, and, that, and I think you know everyone I've talked to so far is always working on something. Something you know, you know, I'll always work on the CISSP, and I'm sure after he does that, there's going to be another certification. There's going to be another one, and it's going to keep going, right? And it's going to keep evolving his career. Uh, I just got a question here. Hey, B, just a curious on top of your head. Uh, you know what the uh, CBTED is. Okay. I'll have to look that up. Uh, and then, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been working on. I'm just trying to think. I'll, I'll give you a recap. 
actually what I've worked on over the last like probably week, new branding. Uh, you'll see on the, on the, the podcast and like in the stream, I've got some branding, but now new branding, new posting, uh, new information, new stream. Uh, I'm going to get out there. Like I said, four days a week, I think right now, uh, Monday to Thursday, uh, mostly in the evenings right now. Uh, this is kind of my own afternoon. I was a little bit later today just because of the, the negotiation strategy and the lesson. Um, Monday and Wednesday, career, cybersecurity, industry interviews. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, CISSP studying. And then next is going to be the CCISO by E-Council, EC Council. That'll be my next certification I'm going to be working on. Again, myself is more consultative and managerial. That's what I'm working towards. A uh, little bit of the technical, but more on that side. Uh, I just think there's a... Uh, a skills gap on that side that, you know, a lot of companies are looking for, uh, to have people that can, you know, support a project and support the company and organization. And then don't get me wrong. I think I feel from what I'm hearing, there's a skills gap when it comes to the technical side too, right? There's just such a need for the evolution of different people that can, you know, support and harden different technologies. I know one, if you're really looking at it, cloud security, more and more I'm hearing, uh, recruiters just trying to think recruiters different companies different organizations asking yeah do i know someone that is good really good at cloud security so that could be azure amazon google right if you can work on those skills if you're looking to break into the cybersecurity industry you can work on those those are huge right now uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything else no i think that's really all that I, i've been working on um, love to, like I said, love to hear, you know, I hear Ala is working on the, the CISSP. Are you actually in the career, uh, in the cybersecurity field right now, Ala? Or are you in, uh, working towards getting into the, the industry? Let me know. I'd love to hear what you, what you're doing, what you're working on. Uh, I'm going to jump over to, let's kind of look over the news and what's going on there. Uh, let's see. I'm going to bring this up now. Uh, one of the articles I wanted to cover today, just give me a second here, let me bring this up. That. So what do you see here is the CS 2021 gadget, worst in privacy and security awareness. I think that's something that I wanted to really cover today is because a lot of people are at home, right? We're at home, uh, we're looking at, you know, different things when it comes to cybersecurity, and you know you have your kind of your work from home life now and it's been a while like i don't know about yourself but i mean if you've been working from home since say this started i mean i did it i'm working home from home before but now you know i uh, the new job i started with use auto was around march and then from march till now right i've been working from home so what we're looking at you know different things that you have to be aware of as you're setting up your home environment your home you know network whatever that may be and you've got like Linksys, uh, which is basically your router, right? Uh, you've got the TCL smart TVs. Uh, and a lot of smart TVs you got to be careful from. Uh, YSL Rouge, uh, Sure Measure uh, by Presto. Cold Snap. Uh, worst overall is John Deere X9 Combined. So this article, I, I'd really kind of go through. If you can see it, I'm going to uh, share that out through the, uh, the, the description. Uh, later on when I post the actual 
uh, when I post the show notes. But yeah, it's really talking about the worst in privacy and security awards. Now, I'd love to hear like what you think is the worst as a baby monitors or anything along that line that you're like, oh my God, like that's pretty terrible. Uh, things I'm seeing like for the IoT devices and things along that line are you got to be careful with baby monitors. Uh, what else? Lighting, lighting systems, uh, central air, things that have like a IP address. Uh, one that got hacked well, it was, I think, a year or two ago, is you're looking at those monitors for uh, security cameras, you know, the smaller ones that you have at home. Uh, those things you always have to be secu- you have to be cautious of. Uh, set up a, a, you know, a separate, you know, guest network or something along that line that doesn't have access to your actual network because uh, some people have been hacking those. Uh, key fobs. I know I've been talking to a company, uh, CEW, uh, and they're working on encryption, encryption uh, technology. And for encryption and technology, they're looking at, like, for example, securing key fobs because there has been an increase in multiple areas. And I've been following kind of the local police uh, information of cars being stolen. Right? And people saying, like, I had my keys. There's no broken glass. I don't know how they stole it. And then they've had, like, security cameras watch. And they, the person just walks by and just unlocks the car. Right, so they're doing it by these, uh, you know, tools that they have to be able to unlock the vehicle and have the secure password, or they have the the frequency and they're able to do that. So, uh, having ones when you're looking at different key fobs to be able to uh, secure your car, your device, whatever that may be. Uh, so encryption is extremely important uh, to look at right now, especially when it comes to. Uh, just trying to think about any IOT device or anything at home that has data, right? Yeah, I'll have Alexis and Alexa and all that and Siri. So be careful with that. I know uh, the big conversation uh, a lot of people have been talking about last week was WhatsApp, WhatsApp and the challenges around that. So something to think about. Again, these are, you know, just things that have privacy and in data just to be careful of. Uh, WhatsApp is going through a huge kind of challenge because of Facebook and all the, you know, the privacies that they've, Really haven't been, you know, forthwith of what they share and what information they they give, and now they've been kind of caught that you know the amount of information they collect, and they collect from multiple you know manufacturers that you know s- providers applications, and then what are they using it for, right? And then I know I was watching a video where they were talking uh, to Mark Zuckerberg on Congress, and he was the one of the the, the congressmen asked them, well. What a you know? Would you share what hotel you stayed at? Would you share what you ate last night? Would you share this? He's like, no, no, no. Well, then how do you expect all of us to just you know give you that information? But you're taking it, right? You're taking it from us. So there's going to be a lot of things going around when it comes to privacy. Uh, I was just uh, commenting. I'm in uh, physical access. Uh, in, Internet access management or identity access management, looking to get into consulting. Uh, IoT security is very interesting. I'm just going to bring up his comment here. Uh, so, yeah, it says I'm in physical access, uh, identity access man- management, and looking to get into consulting. For identity access management, uh, which, which one are you with? Uh, I'm just trying to think of the two. Uh, Beyond Trust, and there was another one. Uh, are you using both or using one or one of the other solutions? Uh, and then I know you said here, here's your other comment. IoT security is very interesting, like smart TVs uh, for sure. 
a lot of different things to, to look at when it comes to IoT. Uh, a lot of things to be concerned about too when it comes to IoT because when you look at the CIA triad, the confidentiality, data integrity, and availability, uh, what you have is availability, you know, all through the roof, right? Oh my God, you can access it at home through your phone. You know, you're away on vacation, you can have all this access to this device or the you know your cloud or whatever that may be. But then when it looks at integrity of data, right, and the security of the data. A lot of people don't ask those questions and questions I would ask, you know, if I were you, I would recommend is, you know, what's the level of encryption, right? How, how high is it? 256? Is it higher? Like, what is it? And now you're looking at people are talking about quantum resilience, right? So, cause there's a now quantum computers starting to get out into the mainstream. There's one in China right now they're talking about. So what does that really mean? Like, you know, they've been able to hack, you know, encryption now a lot faster where, you know, before it used to take, years right now it's taking months if not weeks and maybe sometimes even hours that now they're starting to look at their be able to crack in different encryption so what does that mean for the encryption protocols that we have now from what i've been reading and what i've been hearing it's now it's it's almost like you know having a, a five you know five character password you know they're able to break through it pretty quickly so it's a little concerning right now. It's something that I'm keeping my ear to the ground to see where that goes. But you know, also ask the questions that, you know, if that's one question I'd ask is what's the level of encryption, right? You know, what's their, you know, due diligence on uh, compliance, right? What's their due diligence on uh, confidentiality, right? What are they doing? What are they doing to implement, you know, secure measures, right? And then see that, you know, where is it stored? You know, and sometimes they won't give you that information because, again, they want to keep their security, but they should have some sort of terms of service or even information package to let you know, okay, here's our security and what we do. Like we get an annual pen test. We go through these types of compliance. We meet ISO 27001. We follow NISP best practices. We have PCI compliance, whatever that may be, right? And they can tell you, but they don't have to tell you specifically, yeah, we have an Amazon you know, server in the UK and this is what we do. And I don't expect them to, to do that, but I do expect, you know, these companies now to be more forthcoming with their security measures in the sense of their, their compliance, their, their process, their frameworks, at least what they're doing and implementing and then validating that they're doing it. And it's just, just, you know, more and more security that they do now will help to us as users per to be more more confident in our data and information. Cause I think right now there's, there's a, there's a, and the best thing, the best way to say it is there's kind of this tug of war with, with information. If you're someone on social media, you give all the information out, right? Where you are, what you're doing, you know, how you're doing with your job, how you're doing with your business, how much money you make, you give it all away. Right. But if you're more into business and you're more into, you know, I'm just trying to think different contracts. You're living into uh, intellectual property. You're trying to keep everything protected, right? You're trying to keep everything secure and all that data. So now we're running this fine line, especially when since 2004, when social media started coming out, the evolution of data, right? And the amount of data that's out there is just increased, you know, a thousandfold, even more. I think the last I read, uh, and the, this could be even more, on YouTube, there's 72 hours of video posted every hour. And this might be, there might be even more now, but this was a while back I was reading that. So you think about that, like how much is that? Like how much data? And you've got people posting five minute videos and people posting one hour videos. So you think of how much information that is. 
of people posting that. Like I know for my podcast, I normally do anywhere from like 45 minutes to 60 minutes of information. So something to think about when you're looking at kind of data and that information and privacy. Uh, love to hear what you guys think about privacy. Comment below. Uh, let me know. Uh, are you concerned with data privacy or is it something for you? It's just like, ah, doesn't matter. Uh, next thing I want to cover is here. Just give me a second here. Let me bring this up. So five cybersecurity best practices for planning ahead. Now, I wanted to bring up this article because right now we're in you know Q1 2021. A lot of companies are looking at you know things that they need to do for compliance, things that they need to do for security. But again, it's now it's very strategic. It was strategic before, but even now it is. And the reason why that is is because it's so important right now for you know budgetary business continuity, just to making sure everything is is secure, but maintained in the way that they can afford it. Right? A lot of companies I talk about, like they're like, oh, I, I, I know I need to do certain strategies, but I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait and see right now and see how things go. Totally understandable. If you put on your business hat, and this is what we talked about earlier with the CISSP and CCISO, right, certifications and knowledge, is you put your business hat on, you think about, okay, they have to think of first and foremost, what's the main thing about business? You'll have to look at revenue. Is revenue coming in, right? Is it coming in like it's before? Are they growing or are they taking a hit right now? If they're taking a hit right now, it's decreasing and they're, you know, they're trying to uh, maintain their business and make sure that they don't have to lay off staff. They make sure they, they're maintaining their systems, their processes, their, their infrastructure, everything. You know right now they're not going to spend a lot of money, right? They're going to try to maintain their current environment. And that's understandable. Right, and that's why for me it's it's so important to understand that to know that, right? And the things that I've been looking at, and this is why I brought this article up, is five cybersecurity best practices for planning ahead. Uh, putting best practices in place is the most effective way to combat cybersecurity threat. It is. I'm not disagreeing with that, but the easiest said than easier said than done. As there are a lot of forces uh, working against our best efforts, the talent shortage looms the largest. There's simply aren't enough quality uh, qualified cybersecurity experts out there to provide organizations a, a strong foundation. Without a solid security team, it is more difficult to get the rest of the workforce on board to meet challenges. So one thing they're not addressing right there in the first article, and I'm trying to see who this is. Uh, I'll bring this up here. Uh, Sue. Sue's not addressing, like, don't get me wrong, this is a great article. I, you know, Sue's awesome. One thing they're not addressing is just the financial restraints right now, right? This is huge. So yeah, there's there's a shortage, and I almost say there's there's a little bit of a a variance here. There is a shortage, but people are also moving very quickly, right? Because of the shortage, and companies are looking for people that are experts in their in <clears throat> their area of expertise, be it cloud security, uh, infrastructure security. I'm trying to think of other ones pen testing, uh, compliance, whatever that may be, they're, whoever is in that field, other companies are trying to pick them up. If you've been in the field for, say, five years, worked for a larger organization and have some real-world experience, I'm, I have a feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're watching this and you kind of fit that criteria, 
probably getting uh, contact by recruiters right now. Uh, you're probably hearing, you know, hey, we have a, a job position. We have an opening for someone of your skill set. And you're probably getting that more and more now because of the the skill shortage right now. And they're looking for that. And in, right now, it's hard to maintain uh, different people. I think I was talking to a colleague. No, it was actually about two weeks ago, uh, just uh, at the start of the year. And they were saying, like, they lost, like, three or four of their staff members at the start of the year. Right? They just got other jobs and paid more and paid better, right? And it's hard for companies that are a certain tier to pay for these guys that have these expertise because other companies are offering uh, more money, better benefits, uh, stock options, things along that line that these guys are, are, are going over. So it's a real strategic process you know, for people to maintain uh, security experts right now at certain levels of organizations. So first, like cybersecurity best practices for instant response. Let's talk about that. All right. Without uh, best practices, entities are more open to cybersecurity attacks, data breaches, and compliance failures. This leaves them vulnerable in the current cybersecurity environment. Right? Instead, companies uh, need to prepare for an attack. They re uh, that requires advanced planning on how to best mitigate and potential threats. Uh, here are five ways to develop uh, a well-orchestrated approach. Uh, time to soar, right? Several of cybersecurity uh, best practices involve streamlining existing tools. Uh, to often in, in, uh, entities struggle to find ways of different solutions to work together. Organizations tend to operate in a disjointed uh, cybersecurity environment. Employees employing an average of 45 different security tools, according to uh, Formula Institute, writes Paolo Miranda. Uh, IT decision makers can better position themselves by adding a security orchestrated uh, auto automation and response platform to their their business the solution forces the, their forces or sorry the solution focuses on three components designed to streamline responses to threats garner predicts that by the end of 2020 about one third of organizations uh, with at least five security professionals will turn to a soar solution it, off, uh, it offers a way to plan by allowing teams to create defined guides guides for risk mitigation plans, to establish objectives based on companies' needs, uh, and to automate automatically use the tools that make the most sense. So let's talk about that. Like, what do you guys think of SOAR? SOAR is a model, like the security orchestration, automation, and response. What do you guys think about that as a it's kind of a security focus right now? Uh, for best practices. I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, look at MSSPs. I mean, this is who I work for, Usado, right? Uh, small to mid-sized companies right now are looking at, even larger organizations are looking at cost-effective ways to implement security measures and not spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And smaller companies with less complex systems can use similar options. In, in this case, tuning, uh, turning to a management security service provider uh, MSSP could provide the optional needs. The MSSP should uh, offer a wide view of potential threats rather than focus on one or two issues. And then uh, there are multiple entry points into a company uh, that cyber criminals can use, meaning that the, if an MSSP is focused on just email, cloud, or endpoint, they're leaving the customer susceptible to risk, CR, CRN reports. The entire system needs to be covered by MSSP, however, because threats, actors will find openings. And I think this is very valid. Right? I think this is very valid to look at, you know, 
security in depth approach, right? And this is what you call like defense in depth, looking at you know companies that offer many different solutions and look at the holistic approach to cybersecurity. You look at compliance, you look at you know, your tools and mitigation stuff they have, you look at your response, right? detect response and, and remediate. Uh, you're looking at all that, that the, the organization and team that you work with can do it all. And I think that's so important to be able to have that. Now, don't get me wrong. Some companies want to have some variety, right? They want to have one company doing, say, their pen testing, another company doing their vulnerability scan, another company doing that because they don't want to have it all in one one in-house. And I get that. And I, I think one of the best practices that we have is that companies should, you know, for if they're going through compliance or that, should rotate through their pen testing. You know, I know for us, we rotate through our teams, uh, but we also want to make sure that the companies are getting some validation that it's getting third-party validation that's not just us that's saying that it's secure, but another company's validating that security as well. Uh, looking at, you know, uh, as just said, just give me a second here, I'll bring this comment up. Uh, he was saying, looks like a SIM uh, with response integrated. So that's right. When you look at SOAR, and is that, is that what you're referring to as SOAR? Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of MSSPs are now looking at kind of this integrated kind of holistic approach. And it's hard. It's hard for them to do that, especially if they're not a large MSSP. If they're a smaller, mid-sized level, it's hard to keep the talent. So someone to connect with is to always have a strong relationship with your MSSP. And I think that's important to have that the ongoing constant conversations. And that's something I find and I wanted to kind of address that too, just quickly is having that, you know, open dialogue with the MSSPs. Right. I know for me and to be complete transparent, a lot of people think when I'm reaching out and doing in contact and they're thinking, Oh God, here's another security guy is going to sell me something. And that's not the case. A 99% of the time I'm talking to them about what's going on. I'm trying to find out if, you know, if there's anything they need. And then I, then I move on and it's, that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not there to pitch and sell, uh, wares. I'm not like a guy, like a vacuum salesman. I'm going to knock on every door and just try to sell vacuums. I want to work with, you know, organizations and, and people that need, you know, our help and our solution and want to work with us. Right? want to work with, with an in-depth, you know, cybersecurity solution and, and protocols. That's not just, you know, burn and turn. I don't like that type of environment and you know, just not who I am. I don't like to burn and turn that. I go and sell someone something and then I'm out. I'm out. I want to be able to collaborate and work with the, the organizations I work with and be able to help them through their security posture and may help them maintain it. Not just, okay, here's your endpoint protection. Good luck and on, you know, best wishes and then move on and come back to them every year when it's their renewal. I want to have regular cadence with them. How are you doing? What's going on? What do you guys need? And that's so important to me to have that conversation because I think we miss that. We miss that in-depth, you know, dialogue because guys like, you know, me in the industry and my colleagues are constantly working in the industry where some of the guys that are in the actual trenches that are working for organizations might not have the time that we do to keep up to date what's going on because they're just so busy. You know, and a lot of the colleagues I talk to that are in the field working for organizations are pulling long hours. So for them to go and study or find out what's going on in the industry, there's not enough time. Right? They just don't. They're going to burn out. So that's kind of my insight of working with an MSP and just the, the, how to maintain a relationship, uh, a healthy relationship with them. Uh, next is uh, artificial help. 
uh, AI steps in uh, when there's either aren't enough humans to do the job or when jobs uh, job is too complex for humans. Machine learning is the type of AI that works best among other cybersecurity best practices. Machine learning system remembers uh, past cyber attacks, the type of attack, and even the malware uh, family, and will sniff out repeated repeat offenders or detect changes in uh, malware uh, families. AI is also good at behavior and uh, analytics. It detects anything, uh, anything norm. Uh, it detects anything norm, whether it is the type of data transmission through the network, or typing patterns, or work hours of authorization authorized users. AI is most helpful when the unauthorized unauthorized gain uh, user gains host access through compromised credentials. So I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about AI? I think AI is pretty good. I think there's still room to grow when it comes to AI. I think there's a lot of fine tuning when it comes to it, especially for the environment, right? You have to get your baseline going. And then I think guys are getting, I think hackers are getting smart. I think, you know, learning how to circumvent, you know, AI technology is not impossible. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm seeing some guys that are able to circumvent it by even like when looking at behavior and analytics, if they can mimic someone in the environment, same password, same access, you know, maybe a different access point, but same time of login, all that, they might be able to, to circumvent the AI. Not sure. I'm not a pen tester. Don't know. Uh, I, I only play one on TV. But something to, to think about, there might be posi- uh, possible. AI is very, uh, just give me a second. I'm going to bring this on the screen. Uh, Ali says AI is very promising, but the false pause is still high. So that's what I'm saying, right? And, and that's the takes. I think that's where it comes to the fine tuning, right? How you have to fine tune the the appliance to make sure you're not getting this all these a bunch of alerts, and then your security analysts are just spending time trying to chase down, you know, these false positives, false negatives. So I think that's uh, something to think about, especially as AI evolves. I'm not saying, you know, it's not good to use. It's just it's the evolution of it, right? It's you know something that companies are working towards and manufacturers are working towards. And I'm hoping to see in the next, you know, you know, year to two years, how it evolves. Cause I mean, it's amazing to watch the new, t- new technology and things that are coming out next. Uh, have a plan. If an attack does happen, your response plan is your most important weapon to prevent access, uh, excesses damage, cybersecurity, best practice, including an incident response plan, which offers, uh, an outline on how to deal with every aspect of the attack. It should be a guide to how to find the intrusion, how to stop the intruder from doing any more damage, and how to best address customers about possible data breaches and prevent uh, reputational damage. Having an instant response plan in advance, including deciding who will be included on, uh, on the repair team, gives you a blueprint to follow. So I'm looking at that. Like we, we help people with breach response plans, things along that line, uh, instant response, SLAs, data uh, disaster recovery, just trying to think of the business continuity plans. So I think when you have a plan, I think when you, you, you identify all those plans and put them in together into a risk, a risk portfolio or, uh, an instant response plan. I think that is where it gives you a full rounded. Now they talk about reputation and PR and things along, along that line. I think this day and age when a lot of companies are online, it's so important to look at reputation and how you're, how's that dealt with, you know, smaller companies, uh, smaller organizations, 
have to do a lot more work than bigger organizations. Or actually, let me let me uh, correct that. Smaller organizations have to pay a lot more. No, they don't. I'm just trying to think. They just get impacted. And what I'm trying to uh, say is that with smaller organizations, the likelihood of them being impacted on and losing their business is higher, right? And the reason why that is because if a small company loses fifty thousand dollars in revenue versus a Fortune five hundred company loses five thousand dollars in revenue, it's a completely different scale. One might close the business, and a smaller business loses fifty thousand dollars in revenue, and uh, because of a cybersecurity breach and maybe uh, penalties, that could close the company. Right? That they could not afford that. Where uh, maybe a larger organization, yeah, it sucks, uh, and they're able to recover by different means. Now, don't get me wrong, some, both companies might have insurance, but even insurance is not 100%. Uh, something that I've talked to many companies about when they, when they do transference of, to ins- insurance and saying, hey, you know, we're going to transfer our liability in these areas to insurance and we're not going to worry about it. They don't realize that that list that they filled out, uh, the questions that these insurance companies ask them if they have these systems, protocols, documentations, policies, and procedures in place, when the auditor comes in, if that company gets breached and the auditor comes comes in and, and audits and to see, do you really truly have this in place? If you don't, boom, declined, right? Right away. That that claim is declined. You didn't have this in place. You are actually uh, violating our security, uh, your insurance policy. You weren't meeting the needs. We're not going to pay that out, right? So be very, very careful when you're getting security, your cybersecurity insurance that you're not just checking the box and you don't have the security measures in place. It's not just a free uh, insurance policy. It's something that you have to work towards. So having the plan is great. Having a plan that you have to test, do tabletop exercises too. Right? Go through it and test it. You know, all of a sudden we have the pandemic. Okay, now what do we do? Like this is what we respond. You know, and then you can have a tabletop exercise and see where's the ball next, what's not working, and then through that you can streamline and make sure that each time. You do the tabletop exercise, it gets better and better and better. So then if, knock on wood, it never happens, but if it does, then you're able to kind of go, okay, we've got this. We're, we know Fred goes there, Bob does that, you know, G, uh, Jack is going to do this, um, the PR. Yeah, we got to let our, our lawyers know and just and everything, every all the ducks are in a row and they're able to go through it. So I think it's very important to think about that uh, when you're going through your plan. And it makes uh, cybersecurity best practice sound na- natural. Uh, even the best uh, plan work uh, won't work. Sorry, even the best plan won't work if people don't know what to do. Addressing an instant uh, instant well requires a well-oiled process, and that requires frequent drills, like I just said, tabletop exercises, and sticking to cybersecurity best practice. Just like your company holds fire drills, you need cybersecurity uh, drills so mitigate mitigation team's behavior is natural. Cybersecurity incidents can cause a lot of headaches. But by relying on tools and, and by and by planning the worst before that happens, you can create a well-orchestrated approach even without having a full-time response team. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. You know, is that is that important? Is that important to have tabletop exercise and to go through it? And then to have your team constantly drilled? I'll tell you from me and from my experience uh, working at physical security. One of the things that I did in physical security is that I worked for the Skydome and now it's the Rogers Center and we would do scenarios, 
right? We would do scenarios over and over again, right? And, you know, there'd be ones that we were aware of and then ones we weren't aware of, right? Just to see how we dealt with the scenario and then have a debriefing. When I, and I'll be honest, when the first time, and I'll, I'll put on my kind of IT, you know, security hat, when I first did it, I was like, oh, this is a waste of time. Like, why are we doing this? We have work to do, right? But then as I started to kind of get my head wrapped around it, I realized through the debriefing, the things that went wrong and then how we had to improve. And I kept my, my mind open that, oh, crap, like, you know, this is really valuable to be able to do this and go back through it because if it ever happened, what's my responsibility? Did I mess something up? Did I miss, miss something that I should have been doing? And then through that process, I kind of go, okay, next step, next step. And I learned as I was going, as we had more and more uh, scenarios that we practiced through and, and it just became the point where now when something happened, when a real incident happened, we were all ready, right? Each team that was doing it, I think uh, on the Skydome, when at that time when I was working, there was four separate full-time security teams. And then there was uh, event staff and, and part-time staff. But the four, the four teams of security professionals, we were rotating. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm talking about that. But I also when we were in IT, uh, just trying to think, when I worked for the Ontario government, same thing. We would do uh, different kind of tabletop exercises and be able to work through it. And, you know, you just know having that mindset, being curious. I, I actually um, learned this today, and it was a reminder really, is that when you feel the 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 first instinct of, you know, wanting to fight against and getting upset and getting frustrated, try to be curious. You can't be frustrated and curious at the same time. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. When I heard that, it reminded me, like, how can you be frustrated and curious at the same time? It's hard. It's hard to do. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm sure you can try to do it. But when you do it and you're really curious, you start to open up. And I think that's so important when you're, we're learning new things and we're going through this and we're being questioned and tested. It might not necessarily because you're doing a bad job. It might be, and this is where the curiosity comes in, it's because you have to perfect it. You have to master it. And the only way to master something is doing it over and over again. Right? I think it takes... Uh, what is it, 21 to 25 days to kind of get a routine in place. And then from there to master something, I think it's a thousand repetitions, they say. So imagine that. You have to practice that scenario a thousand times to master it, that you've got it down, no questions asked, the house is burning down or you know the building's burning down, servers are being hacked. You're like, I got this. Send me in, coach, and you're, you're, full, you're full steam. Right? It takes a thousand repetitions to get in that, that spot. And then you think about it too, when you're dealing with an incident, you know, and it's stressful, how much are you really truly going through, right? You're probably busy dealing with a lot. Now everything flips upside down. The carpets have uh, turned or pulled out from under you. And now you only have to focus on this one incident, and, but it's urgent. Everyone's calling you. I remember doing an instant response uh, at the Ontario government and it's like, updates, hours, meetings, things like that you have to go to and, and debriefing and then what's going on. You have to have answers and you don't have answers and then why? Go get them. Like and they're just the pressures on you. And then you have to turn around, kind of go and breathe and, and then go and get the answers and, and have them for the next follow-up meeting. Especially when we had like what they call them severity ones where there was a major outage. You had to have those answers. And if you didn't have those answers, what's going on? Why is this you know taking so long? Who's not responding? You know, get them on the phone. Like it was that pressure, and then you were the one that they were calling out. So 
I hope that was uh, informative. I know I gave you guys, you know, a lot of information here, covering a lot, uh, trying to keep it interesting when it comes to cybersecurity. Let me know what you thought. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. Uh, if there's any specific thing I can answer for you right now, I'd uh, love to answer for you. Just remember, I'll be on um, Twitch later later this evening in a couple hours, actually, at 6 o'clock. Uh, you do follow me on, uh, give me a second here, and actually post on my social sites here so you guys can see them. Uh, do, do, do. So you can see here, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, do, do, do. and then my Twitter. Give me a second here, I'll put that up here. Just wait to see if you guys have any questions. Okay, and there's my Twitter address if you guys want to connect with me there. Ah, and then I got a comment here from... Uh, very insightful. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming out. Like, Make sure you share this with your, your colleagues. Uh, again, I just want to help as many people as I can. Give as much information and just share. I think the, the biggest thing for me when it comes to cybersecurity is, like you said, being curious, being a student of cybersecurity. So I'm learning as much as, you know, you guys share with me as much information you guys talk about. I'm learning from you guys as much as you guys are learning from me. Hopefully, I hopefully you're learning a lot. Uh, but that's what kind of why I do this is just to do my best of sharing information, sharing value. So it's coming up, but it's actually four o'clock now. Uh, follow me again on Twitter. Follow me again on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll be on Twitch later, th later this evening. Uh, just really kind of help out and give more information, answer more questions and just, you know, be here to support the industry. So that's it for today's daily cyber. Don't forget software is hackable being connected, vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber.